Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So we are uh, in a series, you may be seated, they're in a series called, uh, it's on the screen, There is Hope. There is hope. And I want to uh, jump up in this and, and talk to you a little bit. Now, I don't know if y'all know this. We got a new president last night. I, I don't know if y'all know it. I, I, I'm, I've got toothpicks in my eyes, and it looks like a lot of people do. Right here. So if you start nodding off, I'm going to know you stayed up late. So, uh, but we did. We got a new president, and, and um, some are happy, some are sad, and um, I, I'm, I'm just believing God's will is in everything. And uh, he knows right where America's at, and we've got a praying church that are, are believing for God to continue to keep this country God-fearing. Amen? Amen. So um, I, I want to talk to you about there is hope. We started that last week, so if the election wouldn't have went the way you wanted to go, there still would have been hope. Because our hope is, is not in this world. So anyways, let's talk a little bit tonight. I, um, as, how tragic, and I made this statement last week, how tragic would it be to believe that there's a God who created the universe to know how to sing all the songs and, and all the poems and all the letters of the Bible and know all the right songs and to have all the faith in the world but to not have hope. Last week we started off and we made a statement and um, I was talking to somebody at night that said that they had never heard this thought and that is this. The Bible talks about that we, they're the big three. I'm going to say the big three. There's faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And he said these, these, these remain. These are, these are here. And he says the greatest of these is love but these three remain. And we hear a lot about faith and we hear a lot about love but there's this thing in the middle there called hope. And it is very, very needful in the Christian life. Or he would have not said it's one of the big three that when everything else is gone, these three are going to remain. And it's different than faith. And it's different than love. It's got its unique place. And we talked about that last week. And I, um, so perhaps it's not so difficult for you to list out what you hope for. If we ask you tonight to write down what you hope for, maybe you could you could easily do that. Maybe after hearing the message or whatever, you could have done that. Perhaps it's more difficult for you to answer the question as this. Who do you place your hope in? Who do you place your hope in? And I know you're expecting me to say this, but it's time that we place our hope in Jesus. Right? It's time we place our hope and Jesus, and I don't want to play the over-political card, but my hope is not in a Donald Trump. I want him to do good. I just believe he's going to do good things, <laughs> of good things. But he's still going to have failures and mistakes and all the stuff that all of them have. But my deal, my, I'm not anchored in a hope in, in a political system. I am anchored, and my hope is in Jesus. And so... I said it earlier, but no matter where you fail in this or 
the fact of the matter is our hope is in Christ, and that's the beauty of the Christian life. And this tells us a little more about what I was just saying. Psalms 33, 17 through 19 says this. It says, a horse is a vain hope. Now, I'm going to come back and unpack that. But a horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is is in his unfailing love. To deliver them from death and keep them in famine. Now, I know that you probably don't own a horse. Well, actually, some of y'all do. But... um, I don't own a horse, and I would say the majority here do not own a horse. So maybe this lingo you're saying, uh, I'm, not, I'm not tracking here, and I don't know what's going on here. So I, I want to I do something here. I, I, if you don't relate to the horse deal, I want you in this text, and this is going to help you to understand this text right here when I say this. I want you to replace the word horse with doctor. I want you to replace the word horse with medicine, with drugs, uh, with, listen to this, with romance. I think I just lost everybody. I'm up here. With romance. With romance. Let's, 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 let's replace it with politics. Let's replace that word there. Let's replace it with my strength. Or let's replace it, replace it with fame. So I gave you a bunch of things to replace the word horse with, and you may begin to realize what David is talking about. So if you replace that, a, a politics, the politics is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord on those, you see what I'm saying? So whatever it fits in your day to make it relative to you for us to understand it replace that word with where you're at that's the beauty of the word of God for as you read the word of God it starts opening unpacking so that when you read it it applies directly to you so when you read it in the horse thing maybe that's in that era but what is it to you that you remind to kind of replace your hope in God with something very temporal or, or whatever. So uh, David is, that, if you, if you pl- replace that, then you kind of understand what David is saying in this psalm when he's talking about a horse. And we, you kind of snap with it there. So often if we do have any hope at all, we're hoping sometimes in all the wrong things. So we may have a hope in our life. But sometimes it's with all the wrong things. Listen to this text. It says, Ephesians 2.12, it says, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. So I'm separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. I am a stranger to the covenants of promise. I don't even know what the covenants of promise. I'm lost. I'm confused. I'm walked away from them. And then what's happening here? Having no hope. And without God in the world. So we've either sometimes lost our hope or we have it in the wrong things. But somehow uh, we find ourselves sitting there desperately needing a revival of hope 
in our life. But as I, as I look back on my life, and I'm sure as you will, look back on your life and the journey of your life when, and those times when, uh, those moments when we've been able to face the next day in the very best way. When we're able to charge into the next day, uh, really feeling like we can conquer that day. It's when there is great hope in us. If you look back at the moments in your life and you look for the great times of joy in your life, it's because at that moment before you, set before you, was some form of a hope. Does that make sense to anyone? There's a hope that was set before you in your life. And so uh, that hope is so important in your life. Look at Romans 15, 13. It says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Through the Spirit of the Lord that's up inside of you, that there is this, this hope that he puts in you. I'm going to talk more about that a little bit. That is, you just abound in hope. So, we kind of know that uh, Psalms 39.7 kind of talks about where hope comes from. And now, O oh Lord, now, O oh Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Somebody say, my hope is in you. My hope is in the Lord. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm kind of just breaking these scriptures down, running through them kind of quick. But look at this next scripture, and we're going to break it down a little bit. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 16, this is out of NLT. It says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Okay, last week we broke down this difference between faith and hope, okay? It's impossible to please God without faith. You, you've, you've got to have faith if you're going to please God. All right, just makes sense. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe. Now, here comes hope. Here comes hope. And, and anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. There's the faith side, okay? There's the faith side. I believe God exists. I know who God is. I know in whom I believe. Can I get a witness? You know in whom you believe. You're as solid as that. Most Christians are. I mean, we're, we're solid. If you're a faithful Christian, you know in what you believe. You're solid in your faith. It may take ups and downs a little bit, but you're pretty solid in your faith. But listen to this. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. That's that faith that, that pleases, pleases God. And then here comes hope. Listen to this. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Do you hear it? There's hope right there. He's saying, look, there's, I, there's the faith, and that faith is going to make please God. But he says this, once that faith is anchored in you, then there is a hope that comes uh, that there is a reward for those who sincerely seek him. There's that promise, that promise which inspires hope in the Christian life. So I think that's beautiful to break stuff down like that. Let's talk about hope. I've given you a bunch of definitions last week. I'm going to give you some more this week. The, hope, the definition of hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out well. I'm, I'm just believing that. And so I want to talk about just briefly five biblical hopes, biblical hopes. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to have the, the headings here on the screen and then you can jot them down if you want. Here are the five types of biblical hope. Number one is experiential hope, experiential hope. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? Experiential hope is, is optimism, 
It is, it's optimism in my current circumstance. Like right now, it says a biblical hope that it's experiential. I, I, I have optimism in our current circumstance because, listen to this, because of what I have experienced God doing in my other circumstances. I, I, man, I wish I had to put that on the screen for you. I'm, I'm going to say it again because that's really, really good, okay? So this is what I'm talking about when I say experiential hope. Experiential hope is optimism in my current circumstance because of what I have experienced God doing in my other circumstances. So I would say this. Let me make it literal for you here tonight. How many of you, God, at some point in your life, he's healed your body? Come on, let me give, give God a witness there. He's healed your body. So in a past circumstance, he, he, you see that, you look back at that. That's experiential hope for your current circumstance. For you can say, well, he's done it. Before he can, you hear it? That's experiential hope. And that's only built when you went through a circumstance and you built off that circumstance and now you step out of that past circumstance into this one and you go, man, I got this. I can make it through this. I have hope in this one. Why can you have hope? Because of what he did in my other circumstance. Man, that fires me up because we can sit right there and preach a little bit because of what God's done in our past to help us get through our now. Because you've got to have hope in your life. You've got to have hope in your life. Come on, church. You've got to have hope up anchored in your life. Let's, let's read a text. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, and we're going to read uh, three or four scriptures here. It says this, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Uh-oh. Glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation, watch this, worketh patience. We're talking about experiential hope. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Look at this. And where does this go? So here we go. Tribulation worketh patience. So I got, I got through, the, through the tribulation that I'm going, I've got patience. Now watch this. And patience experience and experience hope. See it? That's experiential hope. So I'm able to look back and go, I've got, I've got, I went through a tribulation back there. He brought me through. Now I've got some past experiences linked into, and because of it, I've got current hope. Look at that. That's beautiful. That's awesome scripture. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How's that even come? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's, that's, that's cra- crazy, man. That's awesome. So, so that's, that's experiential hope. How many of y'all, if, I'm not going to ask you to stand, but, but you could stand and say, I, I have current hope based off of experiential hope. Man, yes, yes. So that's beautiful. Did you like the tribulation, though, when you were going through it? If you said amen, something wrong with you. I didn't like the tribulation, but it worked some patience in my life, which built me some circumstances, which built me some hope. And, I, and so I can look back and have glory in what I went through because it's built me and made me the man to give me hope for tomorrow. So number two is unshakable hope. 
So the first is experiential hope. Second is unshakable hope. This is a reservoir of strength in life's storms. You're going through a storm in your life. You're going through that tribulation. You're going through life's storms, and you need in life's storms, and I think every Christian has got to have this hope. I'm telling you, it's big stuff. You've got to have unshakable hope. I mean unshakable. Unshakable hope is hope that provides that solid anchor that when you're going something that, that you don't drown in the process of the ship sinking and you going down, but you make it out of it because the inside of your life you've got unshakable hope. Unshakable hope. So, it's securely fastened, fastened for the strongest storms of our life. I want to read to you a, a, a song, and toward I, when I get to the words at the end of it, you'll, you'll know this song. It's The Solid Rock by Edward Mote, and it says this. It says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Here it is. You're about to recognize the song. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I love that. That's unshakable hope right there. And then that, that song is spun out of a, a, a text that I have preached gazillion times, and that is Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. And it is, it is one of my, it's one of those candy stick scriptures. It's just absolutely beautiful. Listen to this text. It says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. That's hope, okay? Both what? Sure and steadfast. And this is the part I love it. And one which enters into that within the veil. Dude, that's, that's, oh, okay. Let me, let me break that one down. Y'all got to hear, y'all, I, I've preached this so many times, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I almost don't want to share it, but I, I, I need to share it one more time. And I'm going to get hung up here, so I got I to gotta move. Throw something at me so I don't get stuck here, okay? Because this is, this is that veil, the Old Testament veil, right? So we've got this veil. Nobody can go beyond the veil, but one time a year, a high priest goes beyond the veil. He washes his garments. He has to be spotless. All of that is type, okay, the New Testament. But he has to be spotless when he goes beyond the veil. Only one man when he goes beyond the veil. When he goes beyond the veil, all right, there's literally this huge, just huge uh, uh, veil. I don't know. Curtain, that's what you're on the Lord I'm looking for. I was looking at the Mike Knights needing some help because they are the curtain people. But um, so we got this huge curtain, this thick, thick curtain, and they, they once a year go beyond the veil. And when he goes beyond the veil, he's the only one there, and he steps into the presence of the mercy seat, which the mercy seat represents the presence of God. Okay, so it's, it's, it's the presence of God. So when you step into the mercy seat, the, the presence of the mercy it's, it's, it's the Old Testament version. You're stepping into the presence of God. Okay? It's, it's hallowed, all right? It's, it's a special deal. 
But I love this text. Watch this. So you got the mercy seat in there, and which stands for the presence of God. And this text says this. This hope we have as an anchor. Okay, you got this anchor thing that, you know, you throw and you start pulling it and it snags on something. Come on, fishermen. You throw it out there and, and you start pulling it and it grabs hold of a tree or something and, and under that water and, and you, you tie it up and it anchors that boat off, right? This hope, this, this, this hope we have is, it's, it's, it's that plays that part. It plays the part of an anchor of the soul. It becomes that thing that, that helps me. So I'm in a storm. I'm in a tribulation. I'm in this rocky time in my life. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. And, and, and then all of a sudden this, he said, this hope. Oh, you need hope. Because this hope right now, right where you're, where you're at, it's, the, it's, it, it's, it's throwing out. It becomes the anchor of your soul. Okay? And watch. It's got to connect to something. Oh, man, I love this. It's got to connect to something. It can't connect to sand. It can't connect to mud. It says this, I hope both sure and steadfast. It's sure, it's steadfast, it's, it's unmovable, it's there. And one which enters into within the veil. So, all right, keep keating picture here, okay? All right, so you got the veil, you got the veil. Beyond it's the mercy seat. I can see this picture in this text. I got the anchor, which is the hope. And look, you can't go beyond that veil. Can't get back there. Mercy seat back there, presence of God. And here comes the anchor. I see it sliding under the curtain. The anchor. And it grabs hold of the mercy seat. All right? Grabs hold of the mercy seat. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a trial and anchored on the outside. I'm out here. I'm needing some hope. I'm needing some help. And he throws that hope beyond that veil. And where does it connect to? The presence of God. It anchors the presence of God. So you're, you were unsure. You were, un, you were not steadfast. And, and some of you, when you came into church, you were exactly in that point. I mean, you were, you were all over the place. Maybe you were raised in religion or Christianity or whatever. But you, you started you started saying, man, I, got, I, I feel something here. I got, I, got to have, I got to have more than I've been having. And all of a sudden, Parkway began to preach its messages into your life and sing its songs. And we sang the songs of Christ and, 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 and about his presence. And we preached about his presence. And all of a sudden, something in your soul uh, all of a sudden started lifting up because somewhere sliding and, and maybe in that worship service or through that message or, some, there, or that devotion, something slid under the veil and connected to the presence of God and you're on the outside holding to that rope for the first time feeling like, I can do this, man. I can do this. I got this. I'm sure and I'm steadfast. I don't think it's God's will that Christians live on this roller coaster of, 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 of up and down. And I know life brings some of those, so I'm being careful. But this up and down in, in your spiritual walk, I really think that if you slide, I think you're missing hope. Because if you can get it beyond there and anchor to it, there's some steadfastness in your life and some sureness in your life. Somebody say amen. Is that good? 
Man, that's good to me, dude. I, that kind of stuff, if I can see a word picture, I can get it. And that scripture is full of word pictures to open that up to you. Now, now let, let's, I, I can do all that and you go, amen, good, that's, that's good. But how does that work for you? No, 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 really. Like, tomorrow, tomorrow, you've got to have hope. Well, Pastor, i got faith. I know, man, it's awesome. You know in whom you believe. You're anchored in that. You're solid in that. You've got faith and all I love that. But you're missing your hope. Where's your hope at? That, that tomorrow, that you start sliding, you start going through the slide. Come on, Christians, stand up. Go back to God. Go back to the God that you found on Sunday. Go back to the God that you found on Wednesday. Get it beyond the veil. Would you stand with me right now? Come on, let's slide it right now. Let's slide our 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 hope beyond the veil and just lift your hands and this is what you do literally in your spirit just slide it beyond the veil come on into the presence of God I know it's Wednesday night but just right in and hook it to the presence of God and say God I want to be sure and steadfast sure and steadfast hallelujah Lord I thank you for your presence that I feel right here right now you're ministering touch and minister to people's lives heart spirit motions God, speak to their life in the name of Jesus Christ. Give them unshakable. Give us unshakable hope. Hope that stands through the toughest of times. Unshakable hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can I, can I just while you're still standing, can I tell you something? Listen to this. Your hope is fastened. Look at the scripture. It's fastened in a place that the devil can't get his grubby hands on. Man, I just felt some chills on that one. It is anchored in something because, I, boy, the, you know, they, well, but you don't know what the devil's been doing. No, 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 don't give me that. If you got your hope in there, the devil don't have his grubby hands on it. It's beyond the veil. He's not, he can't handle the presence of God. Hallelujah, he can't handle it. Be anchored in that. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I love that. I love that. You may be seated. Number three is the blessed, the blessed hope, the blessed hope. The blessed hope is that at the absolute guarantee that Jesus is going to come again and things are going to be wonderful. He, he's coming back. Titus 2.13 says this, looking for that blessed hope. Boy, you didn't know hope was so much in the Bible, did you? Looking for that blessed hope where at? And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, I know, I know, I get it. The church has been hearing about Jesus' coming for 2,000-something years. And preachers have been preaching it. And we view everything in the timeline of our span of life. And so, man, we think it's never going to happen. And, and, and I don't know the day when he's coming. But I don't. I, I'd love to share that with you. 
be great to pass on to you. But I don't think he gives us the day because he wants us to be ready now. Just be ready now. Just be ready today. And have that blessed hope in that he is coming back. He's coming back for his church. So I don't care how long they've been preaching it. I don't care if all of us here pass from this life and the new crop comes on. There needs to be somebody, some preacher, some pastor telling the people he's coming again. He's coming again. And, 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 and I've got to have hope in that. And I'm telling you right now, in our season of life and the turn and the, uh, the world and the way it's going, the lack of morals and stuff like that, the Bible says there's coming a day when we're going to say, come, Lord, come. And I don't really think we're there yet, to be honest with you, because we still got it pretty sweet. But I will say this, I will say this, that he's coming back. And he's coming back for his church, man. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I want to be in that church. I am in that church. Can I get a witness? I want to I stay and remain steadfast in the church of the living God. Number four. And for lack of terminology, I call this one spirit hope. And it sounds like a horse or something. But, um, but that's the best I can come up with. Spirit hope. And this is why I say this. This is a type of hope that is a fruit of the Spirit. And that's, that's something that believers can always expect in, that we have this fruit of the Spirit. We have this hope. We, 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 we got it. It just kind of comes in the package, man. It just, you kinda, you, it just kind of comes with it. So I, I get this, and I automatically get the blessing of hope with it. So Christians, if you're despondent in your hope, I'm going to encourage you to reestablish, reestablish your faith in Jesus Christ. I told you they were, they're different there, but they also are intertwined too. I want you to reestablish your faith. Reestablish, be anchored in who, 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 who your God is. Be anchored in that. So that you're consistently, just like a, a, a vitamin in you, letting off uh, good things. Uh, let, that, let that vitamin, the spirit, just keep budding up, bubbling up hope in your life. Number five is desired hope. Desired hope. What is that? Hope that reflects personal desires. Personal desires. The Bible would call this type of hope the desires of your heart. It says it a number of times. talks about the desires of your heart. So that's kind of where we're chatting now. Proverbs 13, 12 says this. Hope deferred maketh the heart. I've got it. No, it says it was up there. It's wrong my note. Maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So there's this hope desire. The desires of life. There it is in a nutshell. And there's these, these five types of hope that we're sharing that, that, that bring on the desires. The desires of life are huge hope up in here. And so it's, 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 it's excited about tomorrow. It's excited about that. And the Lord wants you to have that. Well, pastor, that's not real spiritual. No, no, no. I mean, he wants you to be excited about something in your life, some desire in your life. 
And I don't mean like evil desires, obviously, but some, some good things. He wants you to be reaching for some things. Some, some, have y'all ever, um, have y'all ever, I mean, we're, we're just normal folks, right? You, you buy a house, do you, does anybody just absolutely buy it and do everything you could ever think of, everything of, the, all right before you move in? I mean, you buy all the furniture, every knick-knack, everything you can possibly imagine. No, I know y'all so many came in and outfitted. I know that. I'm talking about everything. You might have got it, but maybe you didn't get the one you like what you wanted because, it, man, it started getting expensive. But I'm talking about you could have. No, most of us, we buy a little bit here and a little bit there. And we get, we get this, and, and I told Dan that before sometimes. She said, man, I'd like to just go out and buy all this stuff. And I said, but that's kind of missing some of the fun, although that would be nice. It, it, we're kind of missing some of, the, some of the fun of life is having something before you that you say, next year, we're going to buy the couch. You know what I mean? I mean, and I, I, I know it sounds very carnal, but we can put that in all areas of our life of some personal desires that we have. That's something that's set before us. And I really think that God is interested in those things in our life. If we're godly Christian people and we're not desiring things, you know, evil things, but we're, we're reaching for the good, the good things, it's those desires. It's, it's, it's that a look over. How many of y'all are excited about Christmas? Three of you. So, <laughs> I should have asked your kids. Y'all need some hope. <laughs> need some hope. But, but she said, I got to pay for it. Um, but desires are like looking towards something. Now, I'm going to just stop right there. Now, I, I want to talk about the Christmas deal just a second. It, 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 I think sometimes as we grow in life, and I just saw this as I asked you that, and then we didn't get very many hands. And, and this is not coming as a fuss, okay? But I think sometimes as we grow in life, we've had so many experiences that we come dull to the simple things in life. Is that all right? And I, and I think there, we go through times and we're going, oh, I just wish Christmas would get over. Instead of marinating in it and saying, what can I find fun in it that's fresh again? I would highly recommend last week's message that was about greed. <laughs> Do something for somebody else do something that you see the sparkle in their eye that brings the sparkle of Santa back in, no, just kidding, back in your eye. No, but brings the, the, the sparkle of Christmas back in your eye. And, and I'm just not trying to be, you know, Santa Claus up here, but I'm just talking about using Thanksgiving, the time where you're going to get together with some of your family. Look forward to that. Anticipation, excitement, build on it. Well, you don't know so-and-so is going to be there. Fooey on so-and-so. Enjoy the people that are going to be there that you enjoy. You see what I'm saying? Enjoy the little things of life again. Make you smile again. Make you have hope again. I really am I'm glad I asked that question earlier because I, I think it's so easy to, to lose our hope and the normalcy of life and the things that are going on in life and miss that, the beauty of the journey, right in the journey. Is that okay? All right. Anyways, tell them I'm busy right now. Just go ahead and answer it, though. Look, so we're going to talk about, um, I, I want to start kind of moving towards 
the ending here, but there's five types of hope and what can happen when they are deferred. We read the scripture, hope deferred makes the heart sick. The longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So there's two areas where a Christian is likely to encounter hope being deferred. And that is personal desires, because we got to be real careful on that, because personal desires, when they're not met, so I'm, I'm trying to give you the pitfalls here. I want you to have hope. Personal desires is some of that hope, and that was number five. But when they're not met, you got to be real careful to remain that your hope is in Jesus Christ and the other things that we talked about. So, for example, Abraham and his child, hope deferred. You see it? Ooh, man, it, it, it set in on that house. They, they, they got their desires all up, then it was hope deferred and their heart grew, grew sick. Perhaps it's seeking a spouse if you're a single person. Man, you've been looking for a long time, been single for a long time, you're seeking that spouse, it's not happening. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what I'm trying to tell you, some pitfalls of personal desires there. A desire to travel, but it's not opening up. A, a kind of, any kind of personal thing someone wants has the potential, if deferred, to, as the text says, make the heart sick. So I'm warning you, be careful on that. That's why you, your hope is anchored in Jesus Christ. Personal desires is one of those hopes, but you've got to anchor it in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So, because the other things kind of come and go a little bit. And then the other thing that you can kind of get messed up a little bit is in spiritual desires. So two, two kind of pitfalls in this hope deferred. And I'm talking about spiritual desires. And watch this. Watch this. David wanted to build God a temple. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. God said, no. Hope deferred. He desired. He looked, he stayed on the top of his castle, looking over, picked the spot. He was desiring. He wanted to build it. And God said, no. Your boy's going to build it. Your son's going to build it. Hope deferred makes the heart go sick. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, take this scripture and just make sure you understand in the desires, both your, your personal desires and your spiritual desires. Daniel, Daniel, he wanted to see the people of Israel back in their homeland. They did get to go. Guess what? He didn't. <laughs> he never made it back alive. He never saw it in this life. He didn't, he didn't get to see that. Sometimes people want to do something for the Lord, or and this is where I'm really gets relative for us. You want to do something for the Lord, or you see a, a child come, you want to see a child come to Christ, or, or something of that nature, okay? And this type of spiritual desires, when deferred, can make the heart sick. So you've got to kind of manage that a little bit. You've got to manage your personal desire and your spiritual desires because there's always, generally in your spiritual desires, you're always in the waiting room. I can't hardly think of a biblical person that didn't have a season of waiting. And that's why I'm telling you, you need to really manage this personal desires and your spiritual desires. Because you can be in a church and grow very frustrated sitting in a church. Because, bless God, this is my ministry. And nobody's recognizing it. And you never hear a message, you never hear the songs, 
Everything grows silent on deaf, I mean, it goes on, come on deaf ears. Because your heart, sick of the deferred use of your spiritual desires. And so I'm telling you to be careful in that. Because you're going to have seasons of that. I have seasons of that. You have seasons of that. Almost every biblical person that we read about had that. Isaiah 49.2 says, and he... He, and he hath made my mouth like a sharp, sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me. Now, when I read this text, um, this, is, this is kind of expository preaching. In other words, we're taking this text right here and we're going we're gonna to just look at it closely, break it down, and look at it. And when you read this, when you read it like that, you go, oh, okay, that's good. Now what's the next one, okay? That text, it just spoke to us really back to the hope deferred on our spiritual desires. Now watch us. Watch this. I'm going to show it to you. So the interesting part of this text is the fact that a person has been prepared for public speaking. Okay, so we'll look at the first part of it. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. He has prepped this guy for public speaking. Are y'all with me? He's prepped him, okay? I, I know you're tired. I'm, I'm going to try to hurry. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me. So he's prepared him for public speaking. He's got that sharp sword. He's prepared all that, okay? But it had been made into a finely crafted arrow through a season of polishing. That, that, that there's been sitting there, he's prepared in public speaking, he had sharpened his life, he had polished his life, everything is prepared. But notice the end of the text. Notice the end of the text. And it goes as this. But then had been stuck in the quiver. And seemingly he feels shell in the text. 